We have no notes. We're just going for it. That's okay. We also have some other stuff to talk about, too, for the past few days. Oh, in the our car world and real car car world. All right. Welcome to... What? It's late. It is. Welcome to the Auto Off Topic Podcast. Is that a hard polar seltzer in your hand? Like, what's no. The, uh... I wish it was. Yeah. It's too late, though. They do make those now. They do. Yeah. I've I had them all summer. Them Are they good? They taste pretty good, but for... You know, basically the same thing. If you've got a bottle of vodka in your house, you can just mix a Spike seltzer. Spike your with... other seltzers? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Never thought about that. Um, what's going on, Brad? We're back. Not too much. We're back. Remember the other day when I said it felt like old times because I walked into your house to record a podcast? Yep. felt even more so today because I drove the Colt over here after working on cars in the garage. Yeah, this feels like a real throwback. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's 2016 all over again. Yeah, project vehicle updates, yeah. project car updates. I was just working on the Montero. As I talked about when we were off-roading the one time this year, the sway bar bushing on one side evacuated the truck, and it was banging around like crazy. I feel this is pretty typical of like a lot of off-road people, where they're like, i got to go off-roading, so I need to spend 17 weekends working on my truck, and then take a fire road, and then... Spent 17 weekends working on my truck because you get all jazzed about it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's kind of the thing where, like, this is a maintenance thing, but you also bought some more parts because you went off-road. Yeah, but we didn't do just the fire road. Like, we did a real road. Okay, good. Like, the truck was up to the frame in mud and... Like, I wasn't there, so back and I'm, forth. Just, I'm just going based on my own experience of what I've done. I mean, I had to go, like, I was one of the first trucks because I had full skids. Other people didn't have full skids. So you had to sacrifice your underbelly to see what happened? I mean, some dude showed up in a new GX. Is that a new... What's the newest Lexus? Lexus, Like, maybe. Body on frame SUV. Yeah. We're like, uh, it's kind of rough, dude. And he's like, eh, whatever. We're like, okay. Good on you. Hey, more power to him. There's a lot of traction boards used, but everybody got out. So, Yeah. Afterwards, I think I talked about this, the the skid plates had kind of rattled loose. We were able to tighten that up at camp, and then it was still rattling. I was like, ah, it's got to be a sway bar. And sure enough, one of the bushings was totally loose. So I was like, all right, I'll just pull the sway bar. It's super easy. It's like two, like four bolts. Yeah, it's a sway bar. Ten minutes. Two links and two mounts. Ten minutes. I had all the hardware off. An hour and a half later, sway bar finally came out of the truck (laughs) because when you're doing it on a roll-on lift, the suspension doesn't decompress i know i'm crying oh no you lift but yeah it'd be easier with the two posts because the rear suspension would have dropped so i ended up having to drop one of the trailing arms both of the shocks mm-hmm. and then finally got it enough movement to go to one side and took a wheel off got got to shift to the passenger side and then flip and come down and it's out all because i didn't want to buy new bushings which would have taken 10 minutes to put in yeah but now you have some off-road cred better it actually rides better i even know just pulling into my driveway it doesn't bounce back and forth yeah, anymore. it doesn't bind as much as it did because it the conies are pretty stiff so you, you i probably don't even need them and then i've got lift springs for it that are a little bit stiffer so i won't have the 20 year old original springs anymore yeah and they're pretty tiffany blue yeah the dobsons are like a weird tiffany blue yeah and then coincidentally max tracks had some like random uh special edition teal color like super 
90s teal. So I got those because I didn't have any traction boards. Well, they match the springs. Yeah. So it works out. Which is funny because for a theme now. when I ordered it, so it's like Max Tracks USA because it's a Canadian company. A uh, Canadian company. Australian company. Um, they're, out of, they're out of Prescott, Arizona. Are they really? Yeah. Max Tracks is? Max Tracks USA. Are they manufacturing there or is it just no, a warehouse? like the USA distributor. That's interesting. I wonder who they use. Because there's a lot of smaller um, like off-road companies out there. Yeah. There's a lot of off-roading out there. Yeah. So I wonder if it's just they use an existing warehouse for a different company. Yeah, it's like some U.S.-based company, but they, they operate as MaxTrack USA. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm having a hard time logging into the internet here, so I was going to look up some stuff. But I can't so, so, yeah, the internet in this house has been real funky. I'm trying to figure it out, like... I don't know because we've been using it a lot. If they're throttling it on me or something, or what's like, or maybe it's just all your neighbors are home too, and just the bandwidth is down in the neighborhood. Yeah, maybe, but like, we're also in the basement, and it's like far away from the router. But I did have a Wi-Fi extender think, that's not working that well. Password based. Oh, so well, do you want to yell that out over the air? No. Obviously. I could, I'll write it to you. <laughs> Everybody driving by, this is the password to <laughs> the Andrew's <laughs> Wi-Fi. Uh, anyway, I was going to say something else about your truck, and then I went off topic thinking about the password and why I can't get on the internet in your basement. Because I had a plan to look something up, and now I can't do it. So, so your truck now has... No sway bar. No sway bar. Has max tracks. Yeah. Has decent tires. Has springs to go in for the front suspension. That's just a you just turn up the torsion bars. bar setup. Okay, just like the earlier trucks. So you'll have a lifted truck in no time. Yeah, you already have the parts. And, and then I have to do the uh, frame sliders. I thought I'd have time to do that tonight, but I didn't because it took me so long to take out the stupid sway bar. Yeah, the unexpected delay of taking half the truck apart. Yeah. Got it. I got it. All right. I think. We'll see. If I don't get it, I'll close the computer and use my phone. It's fine. Yeah. So. Already ruining the podcast, trying to log into the stuff I should have done before he started the podcast. That's right. Should have just asked me before we started. New car drops. Nissan Proto Z. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm tired of everybody complaining about it because they're not going to buy one anyway. And. I decided it doesn't matter what Nissan dropped. If they didn't give us a 71240 with airbags and catalytic converters, there was not not everybody would be happy no matter what. Uh, I'm way happier with it than the Supra. Yeah, 100%. That took 10 years to come out, and all they did was rebadge a BMW chassis. So let's not give Nissan too much credit for getting the car out faster because the 350Z and 370Z have been in production since, like, 1904. Okay, so so <laughs> here's the thing, too. Also, like, I feel like the Camaro, the Mustang, the Challenger, they've all been through at least, what, three gens of this retro-styled vehicle that they have? Yeah, probably. Right? Well, this is the third gen of the Z. Right, of the retro styling. Yeah. Right? That's my point. So... A lot of people are like, I don't really like the way it looks, but it's like literally an evolution of the retro styling. Like they've just continued. I think it looks more like an early Z than the 350 or 370 did. The 350 was like super future, kind of like the, I don't know. 
That was a, that was a good car when it came out. The fifty or the seventy. The fifty. Okay. The seventy was kind of funky looking. I prefer the seventy over the fifty now because I think that the three fifty looks a little dated. I like it. Well, you know what I liked better was the G thirty five coupe with the Brembos because it was a two plus two is slightly longer. I thought it looked a little better. Of course, now they all have like yellow headlights and. <laughs> They're all pretty beat now. Yeah. <laughs> Curved wheels. Yeah. The Brembo brakes are kind of pinkish colored like they turned yeah. on all cars. Um, no, I think it's a cool car. Talking 400 horsepower, twin turbo V6. Yeah, it's not a VQ anymore either, right? Supposedly it's based on the R35 engine. So like a version of the VQ? Because is that a version of the VQ? Somebody said VR. I don't, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know Nissan codes enough. I don't care. It's got a twin turbo V6 and a manual transmission. The biggest and complaint, drive. The biggest complaint I've heard everybody say is about the styling. But the same people that complain about the styling of this car are the same people that are going to buy one and cut the fenders off and put a rocket buddy kit on it anyway, and they're going to ruin it no matter what. So sure. it doesn't matter. So I think the styling is on point. The front grille, everybody says, is too big. It's slightly – the dimensions, too, it's slightly bigger than a BRZ. Right, it's smaller than the outgoing 370Z. Yeah. Which is incredible, and it has more horsepower, and it's better looking. And that front grill everybody's complaining about is exactly a 240Z grill. Like, dimensions, shape, size, everything. It's yeah. exactly a 240Z grill. It doesn't have the chrome bumper bar going across it. That's where the, the race cars difference. took them off, anyways. Yeah, that's where the difference is. That's why I'm they sure it. there'll be like the typical like the, the the Corvette Boomer package. There'll be one for the Z that puts a chrome bar across the front of the thing. Yeah, but and again, it's also a prototype. <laughs> so let's not like it might change a little bit for things are going to change a bit before it comes out on the market. It's not going to be the same. I I do. Okay, the one thing I don't like about it is they did follow that new Nissan styling cue of the weird second color roof. Yeah, the black, like, floating C-pillar kind of. Yeah. That's kind of dumb. But I'm waiting to see one that has that painted because that yeah. would be what I would do. If I I'm good with the rest of it. I would, if I had the disposable income for it, I would buy one. They're not terribly expensive for a sports car. They're less yeah. money than a new Supra. And I think it's a better bar, a better buy probably than a Supra if you want a true enthusiast, an enthusiast car, car with a manual transmission. Listen, we got the Bronco this year. That was really cool. Yep. We got this 350Z. Yep. 370. What is it called? Proto 400Z. 400Z? Yeah. We're out of the threes now into the 400s. Okay. We're in the twos for a little while. And then the threes have been going since what, 84 was the first 300ZX? This is called the Z. Nissan Z. I don't know. Z. I do like the fact that it is sticking to its. It, it's kind of its rules. It hasn't. A lot of the cars that have a numerical uh, nomenclature, they kind of have gone off their rails. Like BMW doesn't mean what it used to mean. It used to be a 330 was a 3 Series with a 3 liter. Mm -hmm. At least this is keeping the same. Like a 300ZX was a 3 liter. A 350Z was a 3.5. The 370 was a 3.7. This is a 4 liter. Oh, okay. So it makes sense as a 400Z. I wish that because Nissan and Mitsubishi are owned together in the mitsubishi nissan renault alliance i wish they would like somehow no relation to the 80s renault alliance <laughs> yeah i wish they would somehow let them use the chassis to badge engineer a starian that'd be nice or a new eclipse an eclipse starian that way they'd get that name recognition because nobody yeah. knows what a starian is anymore 
Yeah. And people oh, love it. the Eclipse Coupe. It'd just be the Eclipse Starion because you have the Eclipse, actual performance car. Yeah, yeah, you have the Eclipse Cross. Then you have the Eclipse Starion is right. the sports car. Just like you have a Bronco and a Bronco Sport yeah. are two different vehicles. Sign us up. Yeah. Boom. We just made you a a, a total like winning selling car, Mitsubishi. Maybe we did. You you you've sold two if we can swing it. Yeah. <laughs> If they made it look good, I mean, if if they came out with a new Starion, I'm I'm enough of a, I'm probably enough of a of a fanboy. Even if they put, one. even if they didn't take the twin turbo V6 and just put a turbo four in it, yeah, like the four B11 from the Evo, yeah, fine. That's a it. modern enough engine, I think so. Anyway, it's a good time to be a car enthusiast if you're in the market for new cars. Yeah. So the fact that you can go out with the purpose of buying a daily drivable sports car yeah and you have a choice is phenomenal for 2020 like everybody's yeah. talking about the death of the enthusiast car and the death of the sedan and everybody's going to have suvs and crossovers and that's the only thing on the market anymore well that is a problem it's a little bit of a problem but if you're looking for a true enthusiast car you can buy a miata you can buy a brz frs 86 whatever they call this week you yeah. can buy a Supra, you can buy a Camaro, you can buy a Mustang, you can buy any number of 705 horsepower Dodges. You can buy a Corvette for under a hundred grand. You can buy a Boxster, a Cayman, like the the forty to seventy thousand dollar range of cars is pretty big. And that's yeah. sounds like a lot of money to say forty to seventy thousand dollars, but that's the average new car on the market now is about thirty five grand anyway. Yeah, the it's like there's not a lot between. It's like you get like twenty five, twenty six, and then it kind of jumps. I feel like ten grand. I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours who's looking to buy a crossover, and they're looking at crossovers that are two and three years old and. With thirty, forty thousand miles on them, and they're twenty six to twenty eight grand. Yeah, it's crazy. And I can't imagine paying twenty eight grand for a used crossover, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. what the market is going yeah. for. So the fact that this is a brand new sports car that you can go out and buy for, you know, it says MSRP forty five grand. Hopefully, it'll stick to somewhere near that. I, I, I can't think of a better time to be a car enthusiast buying a fun car to drive because all these cars are good. You can anybody can make any complaint they want about a Supra, a Miata, an FRS, um, this 400Z, the new Corvette, a Mustang Camaro, whatever. They're all ultimately good cars. Yeah, there's not a bad car in the bunch. I wonder if this will push the BRZ for them to do a, a turbo. It might. I, I think the more likely option will be this will push them to put a manual transmission in the Supra. Yeah. Because they did just release a cheaper four-cylinder Supra this year. And I think that... It's not like BMW doesn't have that manual transmission to go in there. Well, the chassis already has one. It would just literally be like reprogramming the robot that builds them to put them in the Supras instead of the two series. So it's not even a big deal. So they did just release the four-cylinder car, which puts the Supra in the same price bracket as this 400Z, which they also missed a naming opportunity. It should be a Celica Supra. Because that's always the way it was. Where Nissan has stayed true to their roots here, <laughs> Toyota should too. The four-cylinder Supra should be a Celica Supra, just like it was all through the 80s. But anyway, that's not important. Um, I think you'll see it pushes Toyota to try to take sales from Nissan by putting manual transmissions in their Supra. Because I think that's going to sway people. Somebody who could go out and spend 60 grand in a Supra, who's 
a typical advancing youth to early middle age car enthusiast that doesn't care about track time, doesn't care about anything other than just that true driving experience. For some reason, people think that actual enthusiasts that drive cars in the real world care about zero to 60 times. Yeah. That's like people on the internet that don't yeah. actually own performance cars. They just want to talk about numbers, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with the real world enjoyment of driving a We've car. We've talked about that before. Like you get to the party that you know a coworker throws or yeah. your wife's friend has, and somebody's like, "Oh, you like cars? What do you think of the new Pagani?" And you're just like, "I'm out." Like it doesn't matter. What's your favorite car ever? Yeah, Mine, mine's the Bugatti Veyron. And you're like, it, oh, it "Okay, what are you twelve? Yeah, it doesn't matter." <laughs> so. That's the same kind of person who says, oh, yeah, well, the automatic's faster or the ring, but whatever. And there's a whole argument to be said for we're dying thoughts and we're just being pedantic. And But I don't care. <laughs> I enjoy driving a car with a manual transmission. Porsche's still building cars with manuals because they realize that people just want to drive a manual. They don't care about going super fast. Yeah. And again, it, if somebody says that, hey, you're a dying breed, you don't count anymore, it doesn't matter. I also don't care. I have old cars. They have manuals. If I enjoy it more, I shouldn't be shamed for enjoying it more. Yeah. So it's whatever I enjoy. I am drinking a polar seltzer because I like polar seltzer. Some people don't like polar seltzer. Those people are wrong. They're definitely wrong. But some people say, oh, it's bubbly. It should be sugary. And you're wrong for liking it. But you know what? You You can't say that. It's It is what it is. I enjoy my Polar Seltzer on manual transmission cars, and I will do it to my day I die. All right. We kind of skipped around, but do you have any project updates? Are we off the Z car now? Yeah. I, I wanted to, to get one more thing in about the Z car. All right. My favorite favorite thing about the car okay. is around the taillights yeah. where the trunk lid and the quarter panels meet, there's like a one-inch wide um, like flat-facing sheet metal. Mm-hmm. That harkens back a hundred percent perfectly to the original 240Z. There was a really wide, like thin—that's that's kind of an oxymoron. There was a wide piece of sheet metal that was just like totally flat, like flat up and down against the back of the car mm-hmm. that went wrapped around the whole taillight console. And this car has that, and I think that's a cool little touch that a lot of designers might have just overlooked, and they did for this car. So that's my favorite touch of the car. The rear three-quarter view of the car is my favorite. I think they nailed it. Yeah. And again, I don't like modern cars, but if I had to buy a modern car, this or a Miata or an 8.6 would probably be it. So mm-hmm. I like it. I dig it. I'm curious to see what it actually looks like when it comes out, what numbers actually wind up being, and uh, if they do wind up coming with the twin turbo V6, because that was like the dream car in high school, right? The, the Z32 with the... Z32 300ZX with a twin turbo and a six-speed or five-speed, five six-speed. Ooh, I don't remember what they. Maybe early ones had a five and later ones had a six. Yeah, I don't remember. But either way, we were always told they were nightmare cars to work on because we were listening to people who. That is not. That's that's true. Yeah, but still, it's they're hard. They're difficult. They're like a 3000 GT. But they're not impossible. Not impossible, but very difficult. But we were always talked to by people who grew up wrenching on. 72 Plymouth satellites. So They're also never super cheap. They never got really cheap. No. Naturally aspirated cars did, but yeah. turbo ones did not. Turbo ones, like, never... I, I, I guess it depends on what tax bracket you're in, because for a time, they were, like, 10 to 15 grand, which is pretty cheap. 
Yeah, but, but still, when we were, were too young. When they were ten <laughs> to fifteen grand, I was still like twenty years old. That was still too much. Mm-hmm. Like they really never got that cheap. That yeah. was like the Mark IV Super, like dropped to maybe ten or fifteen. Yeah, maybe at one point. But we weren't in the market for them then either. I wish no. we were because I could have bought them all and flipped them later yeah. on. But whatever. Like when NSXs were like thirty grand. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I came real close a couple of times. Never pulled the trigger. Whatever. I probably wouldn't have it anymore anyway. I would have sold it two months before they became a hundred grand and be all yeah. angry about it. So, just like my Evo that I sold, and they're the same price. That <laughs> super annoying. Well, like bad ones are that price. Like nice ones are even are like it's annoying more than original MSRP. I traded the car in when I had thirty eight thousand miles on it. Yeah, so it was a fairly new car, and I think I got like nineteen grand for it, which was fine. That car would be twenty five. With that, if you had six thousand miles in that car, yeah, and it would still be really nice because you would have kept it really nice. Mm-hmm. It would still be like a twenty one thousand dollar car, or, or more, yeah, or more with that low miles on it. Yeah, because for nineteen grand now you're going to get one that's on its second motor with one hundred eighty thousand miles on it yeah. and has been beat to death. Yeah, so I'm a little, I'm a little bitter about that. Yeah, it's like my 05 STI. Those are, they never went below like ten grand, for like the worst ones. Yeah, but ten grand even. If I could have bought the worst Evo for ten grand, maybe I would have. But the worst Evo was still like sixteen. Yeah, like shells are like eighty five hundred bucks. I don't understand it, but whatever. They anyway. were only made for so long. It just makes me grumpy. I remember when the cars first came out. Before I bought one, I was like, I can't wait for these to be three thousand dollar beaters, like Eclipses and Talons were at the time. No, and they never hit that range. No, never. So. Anyway, my project car updates. Yeah. Our, uh, where did we leave it off last week? Had I t- worked on a Starion yet? Nope. All right. Well, I worked on the Starion. Might as well break that bad news. I worked on the Starion. So, quite ambitiously, my plan with the Starion was to get it to the point where it would run good enough that I could get in it and drive it back across the country, where a mutual friend of ours out there has a nice, solid West Coast Starion shell that he was going to sell it to me for a good price. And I was going to take all of my good New England Starion interior, my low-mile engine, my low-mile suspension and transmission, and transfer it all over to this nice, solid West Coast shell. Got the car running. I guess we should start with why it wouldn't run. <laughs> we covered that. We did cover that? Mm-hmm. So we had we put in the uh, coil and coil then we fixed the fuel pump. Yep. Okay. So the car was running. Um, I spent a day cleaning it again because it was sitting out in the woods behind my parents' house again for another year since the last time I cleaned it, so it was covered in garbage. Uh, cleaned that all out, got it all cleaned up, shined up, looking as pretty as it can with multiple color fenders. Drove it one day kind of around the neighborhood. Everything was good. When I first started driving it, it wouldn't accelerate past like half throttle. The more I drove it, Got better gas into the system, the better it ran. Um, still needed a tune-up. Was going to order all the parts to do a tune-up. The next day, I said, all right, I should go put fresh gas, like fresh, fresh gas from the gas station in this thing. Top off all the fluids and make sure we're good to go before I do an oil change. And then do the full tune-up so we can take like a nice long weekend drive up the highway and blow all the cobwebs out of it and make sure it's it's going to be good for a long-haul drive. So we went to the gas station, which is about, oh, I don't know, a mile and a half from my parents' house where the car is stored. 
get to the gas station. Everything's fine. Um, I do remember when we went to check it out the other day when we were talking about the coil and stuff. There wasn't any coolant in it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know where the coolant went. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I found out where the coolant went. Okay. Because once the car was warmed up and pressurized, when I turned it off, it all came out the bottom of the radiator. Oh, fun. So there's a hole in the radiator. Which I was like, all right, that's annoying. Not a big deal. It's a 15-minute job to slap a radiator in one of these cars. They don't even have electric fans. It's just a standard clutch fan on the early Starions. Um, and it's four bolts hold the radiator in, four bolts hold the shroud on. This is at a simple repair. Fine, I'll get a radiator for it. And then I filled it up with fuel. And it sounded like it was raining when I got to about just shy of a full tank, probably. It wasn't raining. Um, it was raining fuel on the ground from the top of the fuel tank. Hmm. So then I'm like, all right, well, this is annoying. Let me let it run down till it stops. And then it wasn't running down until it stops. Um, I probably dumped about a gallon and a half on the ground. Hmm. Gas stations don't like that. No. No. Um, I managed to escape before anybody said anything, but <laughs> I felt bad about it. But I also didn't want to be there <laughs> and cause a problem. It evaporates. It does evaporate. I'm sure it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I dumped a good solid gallon to a gallon and a half of the best 93 available on Highland Ave in Salem. Um, all over the ground, and I was very upset. I was leaning behind the car, trying to think of what to do. Did I want to drive it home? Did I want to have a trail of fuel running from the gas station back down the road to my parents' house? Did I also potentially want to have fuel leak all over the exhaust that runs next to the fuel tank, or anything else, and wind up in a fireball on the side of Highland Ave? So I called Naomi, who was at my parents' house with my car, my Volkswagen, and I said, could you please meet me at the gas station with a fire extinguisher? And uh, nothing's on fire yet. This is more of a just-in-case scenario. So she showed up with the fire extinguisher, and she reminded me that the car was insured. And if it light on fire, do I really want to put the fire out? Yes, you do. Because you're on tape. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not lighting the car on fire on purpose. No. I'm saying if I drive the car home... I feel, oh. like, I feel like if you knew it could possibly catch on fire, you should try, wink, wink, to put it out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would have. You had trouble opening your phone in time to call the fire department. Opening my phone? Sure. Is it a flip phone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I burned off my fingertips in the fire, and it would not open it with the passcode. Um, anyway, she reminded me that it was insured. And uh, well, I said, I'm more concerned about catching everything around me on fire than the car itself catching on fire. <laughs> so anyway, thankfully we did not need the fire extinguisher. We did make it all the way home. Um, parked the car back in the woods so that didn't leak fuel of my parents' driveway. Uh, and now I'm kind of sitting here going, what do I do with this thing? So I guess the plan is going to be to ship it out there like I was going to do in the first place. Let's spray some Flex Seal up in the top of the tank. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just let it idle in the driveway until the tank goes below 7 eighths. It'll be fine. Because it wasn't a problem until I filled the tank. I probably shouldn't have filled the tank, but at the same time, if I was going to be driving the car across country, I would have filled the tank. Weird. So, 
I'm glad I filled the tank when I did. So anyway, whatever. It is what it is. I lost 30 bucks by... Well, I didn't lose 30 bucks because the rest of the fuel is probably fine still in the tank. But. They aren't... Mitsu tanks aren't super thin metal. It's probably the, the... It's usually the sending unit. It's usually where the the hoses go into the sending unit. Yeah, that's usually where they That's go. where they crack. Yeah. So that's probably what it is, but I didn't drop the tank out of the car to look. No, we purposely so, didn't drop the tank yeah. to do the fuel pump because we didn't want to deal with the rest. And now the thing is covered in fuel and it's open to the air, so I'm not going to cut the floor to get to the tank because there's just fuel everywhere and I don't feel like shooting sparks into the fuel tank. Yeah. I mean, ergo the fire comment again. Yeah. I just don't want to do that. I, I would like to use the car's parts for... I, I like to take the two cars and make the best flat body steering on in existence in the States. Sure. That is the plan. But the plan of grandeur was to drive it. It's not going to get driven. Um, I do have access to both a radiator and a fuel tank and uh, somebody who's crazy enough to help me put it together in the time span I have left in this state. But uh, I think I'm going to take it as a sign that this is not a good idea. You've rolled the dice twice crossing country already, once in the Eclipse and once in the Sapporo. Maybe this is just not the right time to do it because I only have allotted myself four days to get home. Mm. If I had more time, I might consider it. But I literally have to be home in four days to start work again. So four days does not leave a lot of margin of error if something goes wrong. So I don't want something to go wrong and be stuck in, like, I don't know, Missouri. Would not be fun. So anyway, it will not be taken home that way. I will just add it to the list of cars to be shipped. You have one less vehicle to ship, though, that you weren't going to ship anyway. I wasn't going to ship anyway. (laughs) Um... I have sold the Raider. Andrew's clapping. It's fine. Andrew was tired of working on it with me. (laughs) That's all there was to it. The Raider is an interesting story. It's not a bad truck. The frame is solid. No, it's, it's not a bad truck. The engine's bad. The frame is solid. The body is mostly solid, except for where they all leak under the windows that we talked about before. Interior is complete. It's not in like gross shape. It's all there. The truck runs great. Like, really good. Yeah. It cranks right up. It drives fine. You wouldn't know anything was wrong with it as long as you didn't look in the mirror and see the I mean, trail it's perfect if you want to, you know, fog up mosquitoes. Absolutely. So, it's a good thing everybody wears masks now. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, the person who bought it is going to figure out what's wrong with the motor and not fog out the mosquitoes all the way between here and wherever he drives. So it went to a very enthusiastic person. Um, I'm excited for him to have it because no matter how long I've owned something or how much I've worked on it or how much I've cursed at it at times and loved it at times, I always wind up being in love with the car at the end. It's just... It's a problem. That's why I have so many cars. Stockholm syndrome. Possibly. Um, but I'm glad it went to a good owner. It's kind of a funny story, actually, because I, I only posted it on Facebook Marketplace at about 11 This is like a record for yeah, selling a car. I, I posted it on Facebook Marketplace at 11 a.m. Yeah. Craigslist's old best friend, Facebook Marketplace's new best yeah. friend. It was it was sold by 3 p.m. It's wild. Yeah, I didn't think there were that much demand for these, but you showed me like... 
the amount of messages you got on yeah and not like you get a lot of like the fake messages yeah. i got a lot of people who did, clearly did not live in this country trying to get me to just send me their, my address which i don't know what the scam is there yeah i don't know either but i wasn't sending it to them no they're like i want to look at car when what is address i'm like when do you want to come look at it send me address no when would you like to come see it and when you tell me you're on your way i'll send you my address that does not work send address Okay, that's not that's that's strange. I'm not. You're not getting my address, sir. <laughs> uh, I'd rather give it out over the air on the podcast than give it to this random mm. person who does not live in this country. Clearly, based on their profile, it's always a good sign too when you look at their profile and it's uh, a male's name. Yeah, and there's a picture of a male, but then you look like scroll down their profile. It's like uh, Jeff changed her profile picture, and it's a girl's picture. And then like, later on, I was like, Jeff changed her, and it's a different guy's picture. And it's like, this is definitely a scam. Like, Yeah, what are you getting, catfished for buying cars? I don't understand. I don't, I, there were two of those. And they both looked like they were from a foreign country. And I don't understand what the... I, I don't understand what they can do with my address. Like, addresses are public. You can look it up in the phone book. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So, I wasn't giving addresses anyway. So, anyway. Yeah, I had like... 25 to 30 messages within an hour of posting this thing. It was very strange. Uh, one person who we kind of know because he bought tires off you, right? Yeah. And he owns AJ's old truck, California truck, that he cut the roof off of and turned into a J-top style truck. Yeah. Very professionally, very nicely. Uh, he was interested in it. And another couple people were interested in it. Um I had two people look at it before 3 o'clock today, which is also unheard of. People usually be like, oh, I'll be there at 5 and never show up. So I had two people show up to look at it. Yeah, if only you'd be able to sell your sob this way. I, Right? I don't understand. <laughs> so actually, the sob will be gone next week, too. That's another story. Um, so yeah, the second guy who came and looked at it uh, bought it gone well it's not gone it's still there but i have cash in hand and he has a title and he's gonna come back on saturday with a trailer and uh, drag it back to his house and start tearing into it and getting it running so cool. i'm i'm super excited the first guy who came and looked at it tried to get me to sell it to him very very inexpensively and i said no um and then when i removed the listing from facebook he called me back and asked me if it was gone and i said yes and he was very dejected so I well, think he thought have. he was going to play the game and sit on it and nobody else is going to buy it. But no. I was like, dude, I have people... I I had four appointments lined up to look at this car today. I, I understand what his play was, but it was like an offensively low number. Yeah. <laughs> like even for us, for buying like crappy cars, it was like an offensively low number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cut 65% off my asking price. Yeah. And my asking price wasn't that high. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was not being sold to him. So anyway, yeah, it's it's sold, and uh, the guy came to pick it up. So this is probably the most gross polluting car in the Northeast right now. Sure, he came to pick it up, and he was driving a Honda Clarity. I thought there was only California cars. I don't know. There's a the hybrid electric. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they got. They're definitely not only California because I have a friend in Phoenix with one. They're probably only certain states. So I bet yeah. it's like Massachusetts, Massachusetts Arizona, Arizona, California. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. But anyway, I was. A Honda Clarity pulled up out front, and I don't expect somebody who's going to be purchasing a clapped-out 80s Montero to roll up in a Honda Clarity. 
he likes a reliable daily driver that gets good, good fuel mileage. I guess. It's I mean, fair I, enough. I drive a Volkswagen diesel station wagon. Yeah. Like, it's probably not the kind of person that they expect to have a bunch of old cars as well. So, anyway, it was kind of funny because I'm standing there talking to the guy. Um, he's clearly enthusiastic about it. He clearly wants to get the thing worked on, get it going, enjoy it with his family. And then he starts telling me about this this event that he wants to bring it to. Um, and he's he's describing Radwood, basically. <laughs> um, oh, and I'm standing, well, sir. Yeah, I'm standing in front of him, and I'm like, wait, did you say Radwood? Yeah. I said, yeah, we're uh, we're a little aware of Radwood. And he goes, really? And I'm, I'm wearing a Radwood shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's not a blatantly Radwood shirt. Like, it's a little more subtle than some of the other ones. But to be I was, fair, the odds of you wearing a Radwood shirt at any time are pretty high. Are pretty high. <laughs> yeah, my wardrobe consists of fifty percent of my T-shirts that are probably from Radwood events because we've been to so many events. So anyway, he started laughing when I was like, I pulled my shirt like, pulled like the below the image down, like straighten the image out, so it's like clearly. He's like, oh, you know, I was like, yeah, I. I so let me tell you about Radwood. <laughs> I've been to like eight of them. I can, I can describe anything you want to know. So it was it was pretty funny. Um, hopefully, if there's a Radwood Boston again in the future, which as long as Radwood survives the pandemic, mm. there'll be a Radwood Boston, I think, because it was a very successful show. Yeah. Um, we'll see the Raider in all its glory. So I do like his philosophy of buying an old car. Yeah. He wanted to buy an old car. Yep. He's been looking at a bunch of 80s Japanese stuff. Um, his big hang-up is bodywork, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to do bodywork. It's like me. I hate doing bodywork. I don't want to do it. It's expensive. It costs a lot of money to have something painted nice. So his theory is, mm-hmm. I'll get a cool old truck. The body doesn't have to be nice. It just has to run good, and old trucks are cool when they're beat up a little bit. So I... I dig that mentality. He's not wrong. Um, so I, it's like I said, I, I think the truck went to the right place because this person has the right idea of what they want to do with it. And I was very honest with him as a seller that it smokes a lot. <laughs> I don't know if it's valve seals or if it's rings. It could be either. It could be both. It could be neither. It needs an engine out rebuild is what More than needs. likely. Maybe. Who knows? But it might not. So it might just be the valve seals are bad because... It doesn't knock. It doesn't smoke on startup. It it doesn't smoke all the time. It stops smoking every now and again. It runs totally fine with no smoke coming out the back. So it could legitimately be valve seals. It could legitimately be rings. It could, who knows what. But valve seals you can do in about an hour. I so thought try we them out first. did valve seals on that head. We did not. We did it on the old head. Uh, I don't even remember nope. anymore. Well, because remember, I had to change the head because that head burnt the valve. The head that burnt the valve is the one that we did valve seals on. Anyway, it's in the right hands. He's going to do the right thing. Um, and if he doesn't, it's an old truck. It is what it is. But I'm glad that I'm glad I'll be able to see it in the future. Yeah. So. Anyway, project car updates. I don't think I have any more. Clean the mold out of the out of the Colt. Blue one. So, yeah. It's pretty moldy. That's mold. I'm sitting. That's gross. I noticed in the drive over here, one of your marker lights out. In the front? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll take, take care of that. Um, was it when I was turning onto the street? Nope. Okay. When you were right behind me. Okay. Because my turn signal didn't blink <clears throat> when I turned the turn signal on, so. 
I think I figured out that weird idle stalling that Montero had. Okay. So, like, he came out today when I had driven over to my parents' house. And, like, just giving the Montero the tiniest bit of throttle, mm-hmm. like, moving the throttle plate with my hand. It died. It would die. Yeah. And then I was sitting there, just laying idle, looking at things, and it just died. So, okay. So, I had already, like, I had a bunch of mice in the air filter that was all cleaned out. I cleaned the mass air flow sensor with the right spray for it. I was like, hmm, well, let's keep moving up the chain. So... It's easy to pull the intake off. I sprayed throttle body cleaner in there. I wiped it out. Some crud came out. Mm-hmm. Went to start back up. Truck didn't want to start. Didn't want to start. Didn't want to start. <laughs> Started. It was still idling kind of crappy. I was like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I need to just pull the pause the the battery, like disconnect it, just let the ECU just reset. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to do that so the thing can just relearn. Well, had you done that since Mm-mm. the air filter was full of mouse house? Nope. Okay. Uh, it stalled. It just shut off. I was like, all right. So I started it back up. It was my dad hadn't come out yet, and I was going to show him what it was doing. Didn't do it. I was like, touching the throttle just a little bit. Idled fine? Idled fine. This is after plugging the battery back in, obviously. No, this is after cleaning the throttle body. Okay. And on the drive back over here... It wasn't acting the way it was before, so hmm. I'll keep trying it. Because basically, as you were going down the road, you're just touching the throttle a little bit, kind it of was coasting. stumbling. It was stumbling because yeah. you're just very little throttle. So maybe the idle air pockets or the idle air passages were dirty, and just spraying yeah. the throttle body cleaner in there helped them out. Could've been enough. Do it a couple more times. Keep an eye on it. It's annoying because it would do it, and it wouldn't give you any check engine light to like chase something. Well, it was funny because I walked up behind it. and It smelled funny. It stopped smelling funny after the. It, and then you were doing the, like, giving it a little bit of throttle and it would die. Yeah. So in my brain, I was like, that's almost like a fuel injector is, like, hung open or something. And it's flooding it out because that's kind of the symptoms Yeah, of something with the air mixture was off or something. So Yeah. But uh, it seems fine now. Yeah. I'll keep an eye on it. Just a weird thing. Old cars are weird. Old mm-hmm. Mitsubishi's are weirder. The good thing is they generally always run. They run, they run they run poorly longer than most cars don't run well. So. I forget because it doesn't seem that old, but it's a 99, so it's pretty old. Yeah, it's 21 years old. Yeah. It's not a new car. No. Hey, but it runs, so it's good. That's right. I am out of Project Car Updates. I am out of any new car news that I care about. Uh, anything to talk about, Andrew? No, I think we covered everything. I think we covered all the scale stuff. Last time. Last time. New stuff this time. No, nothing new. No, that's it. All right. So, you can follow us on Twitter, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Or no, Auto Off Topic on Twitter, Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. Brad, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. Tisa. Tisa Pizza. TSSS 350. Yeah. TSISS 350. All right, cool. Keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Yeah.